Welcome to the Radical Abundance Podcast, where we celebrate God's radical abundance in all things. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to Radical Abundance. I'm your host, Teresa Jansen. Today's episode is a little bit different. It is a tribute to Maureen Hager, author and speaker and my friend. I had the privilege of interviewing Maureen on two occasions. And on the 7th of December of this year, Maureen passed into glory and is now in the arms of Jesus. And I know that she is delighted to be there. Yet we, her friends, and definitely her family, miss her dearly. I wanted to share a scripture verse with you that I think of when I think of Maureen. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning in verse 16. It says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Maureen's ministry continues in the life of her family and also in the writing that she did while she was living. She has her memoir, Love's Bullet. It's definitely a story filled with hope and forgiveness and love, as well as her contributions to She Writes for Him, Stories of Living Hope, and the Life Repurposed Anthology. During this interview with Maureen, she refers to the fact that she's being transformed and that transformation is not yet complete. But today we celebrate that her transformation is complete. Though her ministry is not finished, she now knows more than any of us do about the love and salvation and hope that there is in glory. So listen to this interview and find a little bit of that hope today. And speaking of which, your story, talk about a life that has been repurposed. And I love the title of your, um, your chapter is called From Gang Life to Glorious Life. And that is a great turnaround type of a title. So tell me a little bit more about the glorious life. What's it like to have a glorious life? It's just so different from the life I knew in a gang. And um, I mean, I'm not that person anymore. So uh, when I relive it, you know, I, I just, all I feel really is thankful. I'm so thankful that the Lord um, made the connections and um, just pulled me out of there because I was in a pit. <laughs> it is fair. The pit of despair. What is it, do you think, that really puts you in that pit of despair? Well, I know uh, for me, you know, I I got involved in a gang because I was looking for love and acceptance. But when I realized that things weren't how I had hoped they were going to be and I wanted to leave, I didn't know how to leave. You know, you just don't say goodbye, I'm leaving. So... Um, that was really the desire of my heart, just to get away. And knowing that I was like in a prison mm. of, of biker biker gang, 
Um, so your life was actually in danger if you if you actually tried to leave. Yes, and it was in danger just being there too. Ah. Which, um, yeah, that's what that's what put me in the pit of despair because I already got involved out of a sense of a hopeless heart and and to know that all right now now what what do I do now because this isn't what I thought it was going to be and but the Lord he, his hand is not too short that he can't reach down into that pit of despair and pull you up to higher ground. So when you were really looking for something, you said looking for love and acceptance, and then you found yourself in a place that wasn't what you thought it would be. Um, what did you think it would be? What did you think being <laughs> life was going to be like? I thought that I would be part of a family and that I'd have all these brothers and sisters and you know, I wouldn't have to worry about anything, which is really an understatement of what the truth was. But um, yeah, I just thought, you know, I'd be protected. I'd have friends, I'd have family. And um, that's really what I was looking for. Not so much in the gang, but that's that really pulled me in. You hadn't had those things in your life up until that time. No, okay. not at all. My family's defunctioned, and uh, my mother left us, packed up one day while we were at school, and we didn't know about it, and came home, and my dad said, well, she left, and she was not coming back. So, I mean, that that put like a hole in my heart that didn't leave for a long, long time. Mm. Eventually reconciled before she died, but... um, I don't think I ever really got over that, that she could just walk out and leave us the way she did. Being a mom now, I had to wonder, well, how could she have done that? You know, it was even harder for me to understand because I I would never have done that to my children. For a long time, I, I didn't share my story because when I did, I felt like people really had condemned me and they just didn't understand, which I didn't expect him to, but I didn't expect um, the response that I sometimes got because um, I'm just a product of the gospel. So, you know, it really doesn't matter what your past was. God's already got it under the blood and let's move on. So many of us, I think, have a past where the purpose was just lost. So when I think about things that are repurposed, uh, they're brought to a a new use and a new life. And that certainly is my story. And I can see that in your story as well. Um, So tell me, how is God repurposing your life? What What is what? Where do you find purpose today? You find it in believing who God says you are. And um, I had uh, believed a lot of lies in the past years, uh, who people told me I was. But when you look into God's word and study it and see all the wonderful things that he says that you are to him, um, it's hard not to share that love with others. And I'm finding there's so many people who just... uh, were like me, you know, and maybe believed in God, but didn't know him personally. And um, if I can help someone 
uh, by giving my testimony. It, it's worth it. I mean, I didn't ever think I'd be a victim, you know, in biker gang war. And um, but that that's what got me out of the club and got me and a series of events got me to him. I mean, we're all broken. That's reality. We're all going to be broken. And I've studied it a lot and, of course, have my own take on it. But brokenness um, really can be a very, very good thing in someone's life. And you know, so I kind of cling to that. I, I was broken, um, but God has redeemed me. I think you're so right when you said brokenness can be a really good thing. And mm-hmm. um, until we experience that brokenness, we can't really experience his healing. Now, you talked about some of the lies that you used to believe and even lies that people told you about yourself. Um, in my experience, those things don't just disappear one day when you become a Christian. Oftentimes, those lies come back, and even at times that are are the most vulnerable. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, I mean, when you come from a gang and you're trying to talk to people that have no idea what life is like there, um, yeah, there's some very hurtful things that uh, come out of people's mouths. And uh, I mean, I remember one time I was getting ready to share my testimony at this church and these two women came up to me and started almost making fun of me and I just said oh okay you know and after my testimony they did come up and apologize to me and I hope that that resonated in their heart not to do that again now don't judge don't judge because uh most people would never think of me today as being in a gang ever right yeah that's how complete the transformation has been yes. and yes it's not not yet complete isn't that a no. as far as you've come god's not finished yet no no yeah, yeah and i'm definitely not there yet <laughs> yeah and you know it's one of the things i remind myself too when someone in the church does say or do something hurtful um, and especially this issue of being judgmental can be so mm-hmm. damaging to the kingdom. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jesus himself even addressed it. But um, I remind myself, too, that people in the church also are on a journey and God is still working with them. And maybe they haven't had the privilege of being in a biker gang to break them and let Mm -hmm. God repurpose them. You know, maybe they are um, going to have some other different brokenness. Not everyone is going to have such a dramatic experience. But are there other ways since then that God has really stepped into your life? Maybe not so extraordinary, but still just as transformational I do have a story that I tell in my book, Love's Bullet, that was truly a miracle. Um, I I had a collie (laughs) that I just loved, loved, loved. And when I got shot, she was in the house, but I felt I would probably never see her again because I was in the hospital for so long. One day when I finally got back to New Jersey, 
my dad received a call, which I don't even know how they got the telephone number, but he received a call that my dog Misty was in the clubhouse in Philadelphia. And I, by that time I was in New Jersey. And I was like, that that's, you know, you heard of a God wink that was God. I just was floored that someone would put her in the van and have the the sense that I'd end up in New Jersey and that Misty, I'd end up finding her. And of course, they knew nothing about this. And my dad went to the clubhouse himself and picked her up and took her straight to the groomers because she was a mess. But I mean, that that's a real impact that that played not just on on my heart that God was seeing and knowing my heart's desire, but it also brought me and my dad together. I think that the more that we're able to experience God's grace in our life, the more we're able to extend that grace to other people. And it's really a point, it's grace for sure, but it's forgiveness too. And that's really led me to forgiving Uh, was by, like you just said, looking at, you know, their issues and why were they like this? And that that really, really helps. How how does that work with some of those really tough relationships, like from those years in the gang and things like that? Uh, Well, I had a a lot of people to forgive and uh, it didn't happen overnight. Of course, my ex-husband, Vigo, he was, you know, the main person because he didn't pull the trigger uh, on those M16s, but he was the catalyst behind it. And I had to, I just prayed, I asked God, would you show me how you see him? Because, you know, it's important to remember that the people that hurt us, God loves them, even if we can't figure out why. Um, and so that's, that's a really important step in healing. And so he did show me and, you know, I, I learned that, uh, that's all he knew, you know, he didn't really know how to treat other people. Well, forgiveness is not as much about the other person as it is about freeing ourselves. And Absolutely. I love that because doesn't mean that because we forgive him that what they did was okay. We do that for us, for the freedom that we have in Christ. And uh, boy, that is so true. He'll set us free. You don't want to be in that place. No, you never get out of that prison that you were trapped in. You just build a different type of a wall. And yes. Yeah. You don't yes. experience the freedom until you're able to to offer the forgiveness. And I love what you said about seeing him through God's eyes. And um, then you can it really can change how you feel about yes. that person. It mm-hmm. doesn't make their behavior okay, like you said, but no. it can change how you feel and set you free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're going to have contact with them if you you know in my case I didn't have any reason to it just they're just free you know because bitterness has a root and Mm. I can say I know that my mother lived in bitterness Mm. Um, she could never let anything go she would keep bringing stuff up and I saw it it has a root 
and you know untangle yourself from that you know but I don't know that she was ever able to really do that let's go over a few of the books that you have all pretty new just in this last year right tell us about um some of what you've been working on and what's coming up next well we've mentioned the life repurposed and she wrote her hand stories of how um my memoir called love's bullet um has been out i guess it's been almost two years now when you do your speaking what is the audience that you really enjoy engaging with um probably the younger younger people and um because I have a heart for them. I want to I'll be aware. You know? don't, don't go in that way. And I'm, I'm an advocate for anti-sex um, trafficking. So I, I do like to talk with them and hear their, where they're coming from. One of the things I really like about the Life Repurposed book is that a portion of the proceeds of the book goes towards um, preventing and rescuing people out of sex trafficking. Yes. Yeah. And I love that's, that. I love it too. And I didn't even know that at the time that I submitted my story. I found that out later. Uh, anyone who has been entrapped and enslaved by anything, um, right. anything, oftentimes it's of things of our own making. Um, mm-hmm. But regardless, being set free from that definitely is the repurposed life. And oh, yeah. yeah. And so I think it's a really great testimony for all 34 of the stories in the book that a portion of the proceeds uh, goes for such a really good and worthy cause. Yeah. And uh, they're an international cause too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're I, one of the good ones. I think that uh, you're right that, there are so many people who can benefit from hearing a testimony of not not Maureen Hager, but of what God has done for right. Maureen Hager. And in the life right. of so many people, it's God's story um, much more than it is your story. And I, mm-hmm. I really thank you for uh, telling your story in a way that really lets God's love and his grace and his mercy and forgiveness uh, shine through. In another interview that I did with Maureen, I asked her about her favorite scripture verses, and here's what she had to share. So I'm wondering, are there particular scripture verses in your life today that you really cling to or that are transformational for you? Well, definitely my my main ministry scripture is Psalm 147.3. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Mm-hmm. And really speaks to me because uh, not only did I have a broken heart, I had plenty of physical wounds too. And, you know, he's he was there. I love that verse. So, of course, a new creation, Second Corinthians five seventeen, um, because in that verse, it's we're a new new creation. The old has passed away, so we don't need to carry our past. You know, God's not interested in that. Um, so he just wipes the slate clean and we can move forward. And that's a blessing. And then I'd say the last one I'd like to share is um, um, become a prisoner of hope. I love that. A prisoner of hope. Um, because it's Zechariah 9, 12. And he says in there that he'll restore double to us 
And especially, you know, especially now, because there's so many people that are feeling hopeless. Um, but he opened that door. I like to think of that prison door open. Let your brokenness out and become a prisoner of hope. I love that. Toward the end of the interview with Maureen, I asked if she had any closing thoughts for the audience, and she shared these words. Thank you for tuning in today. Let's end with these thoughts from Maureen. There's no circumstances that are too deep for the Lord to reach in and pull you up and save you from that. And just, you know, have your hope open him, become a prisoner of hope. Um, and just open those doors and let, let him into your heart because he is faithful and he will help you. Amen. I think that's a great one to end on. Thank you so much, Maureen. Mm -hmm.